episode of the Twin Street Podcast. I'm your host, Adnan Atani, and as always, I'm joined by my better half, my twin brother, Adele Natani. Adele, welcome. What's going on, man? Week two of the NBA. Man, what a week it was. How much NBA basketball have you watched? It's been a drug. I basically have it like an IV in my veins. How happy and excited is your wife about this? <laughs> you know, the first, uh, opening night, she watched the whole game with me. She put up with all the tweets I was putting out there. I had I had the laptop the laptop open, looking at stats live, uh, and she actually put up with me. It, it wasn't bad, but since then it's been basketball again. You just watched it yesterday. And, you know, with the uh, league pass being free the first week, you got to take advantage of that. That's right. That's right. And uh, uh, you talked about Twitter. Follow us at Twins Hoop on Twitter. Um, I wanted to get your thoughts. So much has happened. We had a lot of stuff we wanted to cover about the first couple of weeks in the NBA. We were going to talk um, about the Nuggets. We were going to talk about Jimmy Butler, what was going on. But then everything kind of hit the fan. And we had the Lakers-Rockets game. Do you want to tell everyone what happened? We got a CP3 piece. Is that what you're calling it? That's what I'm calling it. I was I'm on Spitgate everywhere. Yeah, it's just just Spitgate is what it turned into. But I was on uh, on live on Twitter with Rob Perez, who is probably one of the best NBA uh, best followers uh, Twitter handles to follow on NBA Twitter. He's just hilarious. He has really good takes, and he's really engaged with NBA Twitter. So he went live and I was on there and he was like, what are we going to call this? And so someone said, let's call it Rondo Rousey. And at first that was, that was happening. And then I said, I typed on there CP three piece and he got a couple of laughs and he was like, Oh, CP three piece. That's what it's going to be. And then someone said Spitgate. And of course it turned into Spitgate. So for those that didn't see it, um, you know, I think there was, Probably some questionable officiating on both sides throughout the game. But, uh, you know, James Harden does his usual flop to the basket. By the way, I cannot stand watching James Harden play offense. Um, at least ED, his defense is fun to watch because it's trash. But his offense, I mean, I know he's a great scorer. He's following the rules of the game. But I really hate this, like, let's just score by getting fouled uh, offense that he has. And so he did that little move on. Brandon Ingram, where he threw the ball into him while he was holding the ball and then tried to hit a layup, and Brandon Ingram got called for a foul. So Ingram pushes Harden as Harden's trying to complain for the N1. James Harden kind of comes back to him. A ref gets in between, and I don't know if Ingram got back in the ref's face or James Harden's face, but, um, you know, they started jawing each other. Lance Stevenson, you know, the peacemaker, Lance Stevenson, (laughs) he comes in and breaks it all up, and then – uh, you know, Rajon Rondo and Chris Paul are just talking, you know, having a nice business conversation. And it's alleged <laughs> that Rondo spit in his face. Now, I saw an HD video of it. It certainly looks like some spit came out of Rondo's mouth. Did you happen to see that? Yeah. So, it, you know, the next day it came out on one of the cameras, Cotton Angle, where some spit came out of Rondo's mouth. Rondo ended up saying that it might have been accidental from his mouth guard. Some people feel that it was accidental. Some people feel that it wasn't. You know, Chris Paul reacted like how anyone should if they got spit on. But 
Did he though? I mean, he poked him in the eye. Okay, he didn't really react. How I think. Yeah. So I want to. I want to back up a little bit. So you had mentioned like you don't like you don't appreciate how James Harden does that little move and gets the foul, right? James Harden's been doing that for a couple years now. It's gotten insufferable since Chris Paul got there, in my opinion, because Chris Paul is this guy that like he's constantly talking to the refs. He's constantly talking shit out there. He's he's constantly trying to instigate things. In the past, his own team has said they haven't liked him. You know, Doc Rivers don't like him. Uh, Glenn Big Baby Davis came out after Rondo said, people don't like Chris Paul. He's not a good teammate. Glenn Big Baby Davis said, I played with both of them. Chris Paul is not a good teammate. But my point is that when it comes to this this uh, foul, offensive foul with James Harden, he does that all the time. The overreact, Brandon Ingram definitely overreacted. Yeah, so, yeah, he definitely did. Can we agree did. on that? He, okay. He did, so, he, and then. And then the, the the second part of that, so so I'll, I'll let you continue in just a second. The second part of that is you had mentioned that uh, you couldn't tell if he got into the ref's face or not. The NBA concluded that after looking at all this video evidence, he got in the ref's face. You can't do that. That's something that the NBA has been trying to get rid of for years, being demonstrative to the refs. So I can understand Brendan Ingram's punishment. What uh, I don't understand after all of this is – Rondo getting three games and Chris Paul getting two games when they were both throwing punches because you don't know if the spit was accidental or not. Yeah, I think, I think so. You know, once that happened, Chris Paul kind of poked him in the eye and then Rondo threw a punch. So I think that's my, that might be where, you know, Rondo got one more game than Chris Paul. Also the NBA may view Rondo as the instigator since there was video of him of spit coming out of his mouth, whether it was intentional or not, they kind of have to go with, you know, like, they're, they're definitely – they both were at fault, but they're trying to figure out who was more at fault. And then after that happened, Brandon Ingram came in swinging and, um, you know, tried to connect with Chris Paul, yeah. which is actually kind of interesting. You know, Brandon Ingram and Chris Paul both spent a lot of time in North Carolina. And really, Brandon Ingram used to go to a lot of Chris Paul's camps and whatnot. So they're actually uh, friends off the court. Um, so, you know, as, as friendly as I think you can be with Brandon Ingram because he's so soft-spoken, but – I think he just let everyone know, like, don't get it twisted. Don't take my soft-spoken attitude for I'm not going to come in there and lay into you. And I, I, like, I like the attitude. I like that he stood up for his teammates. I don't like that he tried to come in there with a punch. You know, I would have loved to see a him just get punch. in there and um, maybe kind of use his words a little bit and maybe yeah. push someone around. Yeah, push him around. Um, he definitely earned some credibility in the locker room uh, with this team. But interesting point. When was the last time that you saw an NBA player try to sucker punch another NBA player? Carmelo Anthony, 2006, maybe? No, not that long. It was against. It was when he was on the. Wait, was he on the? He was on the Nuggets was against the Knicks, the Knicks, and he was he was the on Nuggets. Yeah, yeah. It was it was just it was just funny because he's getting mad at Brandon Ingram for jumping in there trying to punch him. I remember watching that game when Carmelo Anthony sucker punched. Uh, it wasn't Nate Robinson. No, it might have been actually might have been Nate Robinson, but it was like the the slap heard in the whole arena. So that's what that kind of reminded me of when Brandon Ingram went back in there. But going back to Chris Paul, Rajon Rondo. So we kind of alluded to some of the comments that have come out the next day. Rondo believes that the media is on Chris Paul's side. He believes that Chris Paul is a dirty player. 
what are your thoughts on one him saying Chris Paul is a bad teammate and a dirty player, and two him saying that the media is on Chris Paul's side? It's tough to know. Like, I think Chris Paul's kind of had a pass at this if he's a good teammate or not for a long time because he's like always leading the league in assists. He seems like a competitor. He wins sometimes, I guess, but you can't overlook what happens. I mean, this dude flops constantly, talks a lot of shit. I mean, he can back it up, but I can see why he's like annoying and irritating. Uh, but I also see why people love him. But there's can a reason that um, people have come out recently and that more people have come out and said that he's a bad teammate than he's a good teammate. Glenn Davis came out. Um, and said that this guy was a bad teammate. Who was the other one that came out, you said? Uh, I'm not sure. If, I don't remember who else came out recently, but just in the past, Doc Rivers has alluded to the fact that it didn't end well. Yeah, We know that yeah. he had a lot of beef with Austin Rivers. Yeah, I just, We know Blake Griffin and him don't get along. It just came to me. It was Ryan Hollins. Ryan Hollins came out and said he definitely wasn't the best teammate. So, Oh, my God. There's... Talk about instigator. What's that? Ryan Hollins, he used to instigate like crazy. Right, yeah, he's he's an instigator too. But my my point is like there hasn't been a lot of Chris Paul defenders coming out the way there has been a lot of what Chris Paul's fault, right? Uh, you're I mean you're definitely hearing it from his team, right? PJ Tucker, Gerald Green coming out saying like right. that's my guy. Uh, yeah, you're right. But I have an opinion on. So remember earlier I was saying like he he does this throughout games where he's instigating, he's talking shit, he's talking to the refs, he's flopping like crazy, yeah. right? The reason that people, more teams and, and the, the NBA in general, coaches, players, don't call him out on it is because he's, my, in my opinion, he's the president of the uh, Players Association for the NBA. And I firmly believe that if he wasn't uh, a, pres- a president of the Players Association, a lot of these basketball players wouldn't put up with half of his antics, especially the flopping. I mean, it's, it's been bad for a decade now. So I, I don't know if that's, you know, maybe throwing a conspiracy out there, but mm. maybe that has something to do with why the media, it looks like the media is taking his side. Maybe. I mean, I think we can agree that it's, it's not a great look. It was LeBron's first home game. By the way, it was so exciting. Um, the way that he was introduced, he had a standing ovation, the way he started. I mean, this guy was, you know, he played a good game. Um, they played all right. Their defense was obviously uh, terrible. Um, and I think that's going to happen when they don't have a backup center. R- really, with JaVale McGee in the game, they're playing good defense. Um, like, they're defending the paint well. It's just that JaVale McGee, for his career, averages, what, like 15, 20 minutes a game. And they're doing this thing where Kuzma's at the five. And I read a stat today. They're minus um, – they're minus like 120. You know, they're giving up over 123 points a game yeah. if Kuzma is at the five, which um, is basically like the worst thing that could ever happen. So, you know, I think they need to improve their defense. What do you think about the Lakers so far? So, yeah, Kuzma at the five is not working. It's 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 not the the answer. And, and we're both we're both like Kuzma, like yeah, you know, yeah, we I'm love Kuzma. Kuzma. Yeah, I, I know he's gonna. You know, his trajectory is high. He's he's gonna do well. I mean. He's kind of uh, – he's already made a good name for himself, especially being uh, picked at the end of the first round. Or or no, was it second round? Uh, first round. First round. So, yeah, Kuzma at the five is not working. Janelle McGee has been tired, but I think he'll get his legs underneath him. Um, you know, he's not used to playing that many minutes. But the Lakers are actually 
defending the paint uh, a lot better. They're in the top five. I have to go back and look at the stats in the league in defending the paint. But they're in the bottom half of the league in defending the three-point line, which is what matters in this day and age. Mm-hmm. Um, we talked about a, a statistic the other day that the pace is so fast now that if the Suns played right now, they would be in, thir- in last place in pace if the 2006 Suns played with uh, Amari Stoudemire and Steve Nash at the helm with Mike D'Antoni. Wow. They would be in last place in the NBA in, today, in today's day. So, mm-hmm. you know, we, we have to – the Lakers are going to have to stop the three-pointer. Um, they're going to have to defend it a little bit better. But when I think about the Lakers' problems – I think about how the Lakers paid KCP $12 million, but they wouldn't pay Randall 9 or 10 whatever. I think he right. got two years at 18, yeah. so $9 million. When you have Josh Hart and some of these other younger players coming off the bench, uh, why wouldn't you just pay Randall? I, don't, I, I completely agree. Josh Hart is definitely like the breakout player for the Lakers. I think he's got a shot at becoming the most approved player already. Um, because like the jump he's taken from his rookie to sophomore year is amazing. His three-point shooting, his defense, but really what's crazy about Josh Hart's game is he's attacking the rim more. Like he's not settling for jumpers, you know, off the dribble. He's, if he's dribbling the ball, he's going to the hole. He is not waiting. He doesn't care who's in there. And you look at some of his drives, really strong drives to the hole. The Lakers also aren't getting a lot of foul, you know, foul calls by the refs. They're they're playing, you know, more favorite to LeBron than the rest of the team, and I don't really know why. Uh, I think I saw on on um, twenty four drives, the Lakers are only getting like three foul calls, um, and on twenty four drives, LeBron's getting like three or four times that. So you know, I think that the other Lakers players aren't getting the rep, the respect from the refs as well. Uh, I'd have to think that a lot of that is a product of. You know, just giving younger play. You know, refs don't give younger players the call, and you know, part of Ingram's frustration might even be he's not a rookie anymore. Don't don't call me like a rookie. And 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 to your point about Josh Hart, not only does he drive to the basket with high efficiency and with some force, he grabs rebounds at a high clip. Uh, even last year, he was in the top half of the, of the guards uh, for rebounding guards. So. Uh, I really like his game. He could definitely come um, start instead of coming off the bench. The Laker fan base has been clamoring for it. So I think tonight there might be a change. Luke Walton came out and said he's considering putting Josh Hart in the in the starting lineup. So we'll see how that goes. I mean, he definitely showed. There's times where KCP is doing well, but, I mean, he's shooting 16% from three. LeBron's shooting, like, 20%. Brandon Ingram hasn't hit a three all year. And, you know, now he won't play for a few games. But who is – which team should be freaking out more? Is it the 0-3 Lakers or is it the 0-3 Thunder? Oh, I think that the 0-3 Thunder because their own expectations um, were much higher, right? Like unfinished business. So I definitely think the Thunder. If I told you that in Russell Westbrook's first game back, and they were playing the Kings at home in OKC. What would you predict would happen? Before even watching the game, what would you predict? I would predict just a triple-double-like performance for Russell Westbrook, and they annihilate the Kings. Well, they lost by 11 to the Kings in OKC. (laughs) 
and they're zero and three. And you know, this is why I would be a little bit worried if I'm the Thunder. Um, they lost to the Kings first of all at home. They're not yeah. shooting the ball well at all. Even Paul George isn't shooting it that well. They don't have any other good shooters around Russ and Paul George. You know, Russ is a volume shooter, but, you know, he's kind of hit or miss. Um, I think he has a tendency to just settle for some terrible shots. But, mm-hmm. man, when Russell is attack- attacking the rim, I mean, it's just that team is very difficult to guard. And he's probably the most difficult player in the league to guard at this point, him, Giannis, and LeBron probably. Um so I, but I think if you're KD. the Thunder, you're who's that? KD, KD, yeah, you know, yeah. can't forget about him. Um, who you said was the best big man in a previous podcast. I didn't um, say that. You know, I think the Thunder. I think the Thunder could, um, you know, they, if they lose a couple more games, and let's say they lose like three of the next six, four, you know, or they go like, you know, five hundred through the next ten. I think it's time to worry about them because you're going to struggle in the West and you can't really get better. They're capped out. Yeah. I was about, I was about to put the question towards you. If that's the case, what can they do? I mean, uh, I think they need to get involved. I mean, it's kind of too early to make any trade offers, but they got to figure their stuff out. They got to, they got to get back into it. Um, So I think we, you know, I think we both agree on that. The Thunder probably have more to worry about. So, well, one quick thing you mentioned, you know, they lost to the Kings. An interesting statistic about the Kings in the first week. You ready? Yeah. And we might have an overreaction here. The Kings are leading the league in pace. Oh my God. Number two are the Pelicans, and third are the Lakers. What are your thoughts on that? I think I think that when, when you know the first three or four games into the season, we get all these wacky stats. And it's like, you know, remember last year, the Orlando Magic were shooting 50% from three for the first, like, two we- two weeks. And they were, you know, eight and four or something like that. They were second or third in the East. So, I think we get a lot of these wacky stats at the beginning of the season. I don't know if I've ever heard the term wacky stats. And we may have to uh, trademark that as part of our Twin Soup lingo. It's the wacky stats segment. <laughs> um, I wanted to, I wanted to just touch base because this reminded me of you know when we were talking more about wacky stats. I'm thinking of wacky shooting and Lonzo Ball comes to mind. He's changed his shot a little bit. Um, how do you think Lonzo Ball's done so far? After game, I mean game one, it was horrible, but after that, his shot has been falling. I think he went four for seven in game game three, uh, but his shot's getting better. But something else that I feel has gotten better is his team defense. He kind of he understands where he needs to be at all times, especially in the second half against the Spurs. Now I know the last the last play against Patty Mills, he kind of fell over there, but he he kind of knows exactly where to be on the court. Um, so his shooting is getting better, his defense is getting better. He's just he's playing smarter. It's kind of li- it's living up to a lot of the things that we thought he was going to be. On. I'm I'm still all in on Lonzo Ball. You know, I, I just I love his game. I disagree with you on the defense, especially on the defense. Okay, I've been watching him play D. He has for 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 he's just doubling people for no for no reason. Like he'll leave his man in the corner and double someone on the opposite side, and then his man will score a layup or a three pointer. You, you don't think that that's part of the? No, it's the definitely game. not because I'm watching the Lakers defense, and that's not how they play defense. You know, the Lakers also 
so they're, they're trying to be better at team defense. If you look at when Lonzo Ball is in the game, that the guard that he's guarding is going off. Like, he's not stopping anyone. I, I know that people are saying his defense is getting better and he's starting to get better. But he's not doing a good job. Every guard is going off in this league. I mean, I mean, so I was talking about team defense, but you know, he's not going to be. I'm not saying he's going to be a lockdown defender. No, I'm not saying that either. But he's. But honestly, every, every he, guard goes off. You go down. You go down the the box score the next day, and every time it's like some guard has 27 points. I think that his defense is overrated right now. I think that Lonzo. A lot of people are saying this that his defense is doing well, but just take a look at how he's playing. He's he's not in the right place at the right time when his man does not have the ball is what I'm saying. Um, he seems a little bit lost when they're when they're switching. I just think that there's little things that he could be doing better. Uh, he's definitely not a terrible defender, um, but I, I think his defense is a little bit overhyped. Okay, so that's a good segue into a player that was hyped last night. Okay, there was a game on. It was the Pistons and the Sixers. Mm. Great. We had a little, little bit of drama. What a good game. We had Joel Embiid just talking trash the whole time to Andre Drummond. Mm-hmm. And then we had a player who I used to say was overrated, but now I think is underrated because the whole league has just ignored him. I love when that happens, the overrated, underrated transition. Exactly. And you know who we're talking about? We're talking about Blake Griffin. The comedian. <laughs> what did he do last night? So Blake Griffin went off for 50 points, including the game-winning, game-time bucket, got fouled and won, and hit, hit the free throw for 50. A couple seconds left. Uh, Sixers couldn't get a good – they got a good shot off of Joel Embiid. He missed it. Um, Blake Griffin looked awesome. And I've been saying, you know, a lot of people have been, like, really shitting on the Pistons and Blake Griffin because they made that trade. Look, if you're the Pistons, you're not going to get a player, you know, three, like 75% as good as Blake Griffin in free agency. It's just not going to happen. Right, right. You got to swing for the fences. You might as well try to zig when everyone's zagging and try to play Drummond and Blake together and make teams guard the paint and force teams to defend you. Um, I, I like that Blake Griffin's been super aggressive. Um, I think you said, what's he averaging right now? So right now he's leading the league in scoring. At 36.3 points a game. Right. And wacky, wacky stats for you. He's shooting 61% from three, and he's averaging 11 rebounds. Yeah, and, and again, this is one of those things, right? They're like three games into the season. They're, Pistons Four. are undefeated. Or is it three? Yeah, yeah three, Pistons three. are undefeated. Right. Um, Pistons, Bucks, Raptors, all undefeated in the East. And um, in the West, it's the Nuggets and Pelicans both uh, undefeated as well. And, yeah. you know, Pistons should get some credit for that. They're, they're playing well, good team ball. Um, I think this team thinks they're a playoff team. They've got Reggie Jackson back healthy. Ish Smith is playing really good mean, minutes for them. Blake Griffin's dominating. If Andre Drummond can stay out of foul trouble, even by the flopping Joel Embiid, um, this team could be pretty good. Yeah, so speaking of that, you know, Joel Embiid came after the game, just again talking trash. He was talking trash the whole game. He basically said, I own a lot of real estate in Joel Embiid's head. Uh, and this came after Joel Embiid flopped and Andre Drummond got his second uh, technical foul. And then Andre Dr- Drummond basically responded, stating, you know, really, is that true? Then that's why, why would he want me off the game? You know, the, that guy's just fat. He can't keep up with me, all this kind of stuff. <laughs> the NBA came out today, and they fined Joel Embiid for flopping on that play that caused Andre Drummond to get ejected. Thoughts yeah. on that? 
I, I just can't, you know, I really hate these, like there's some flops. I'm like, all right, I get it. Like something has to happen. You know, someone runs into you, you gotta, you gotta flop because you're outside the restricted area. I get that. But a little ticky tack flop like that, you know, I think it was just like, why is Joel Embiid doing this? I can never imagine Shaq doing that. Right. Or like, you know, David Robinson or these like dominant centers. Yeah. I really hate that Joel Embiid did that. Yeah, like on one side, I'm I'm excited that there's a, a a big man out there, even an NBA player out there, that's not afraid to talk trash to other NBA players because the league has kind of gone so buddy buddy. So like the old school side of me, you know, like back in my day, you know, players weren't friends with each other. You know, Joel Embiid's found that balance where he's talking shit, you know, he's talking trash to to Mobile, playing with him in the off season. So yeah, I like that. But you know, this flopping and and this constantly, constantly talking after the game, talking like keep it on the court. And then, you know, we'll go from there. But, but this reminds me of something that we talked about in the previous pod. We were expecting the Sixers to either sign somebody or to package some players and make a trade. And I think that the fact that they didn't do shit in the offseason is being represented right now. I do not think that they're playing well. And I think that they are a solid number two or even three in the Eastern Conference. I, yeah, I think they're more going to be three or four. I, I don't think they're better than the oh, Celtics. Wow. Uh, what's that? Uh, wow, four. I mean, so you're saying the Bucks would be better than them? I don't think they're better than the Celtics. I don't think they're better than the Raptors. I don't think they're better than the Bucks. I think all of those wow. teams are better and deeper than the Sixers. If you look at what the Sixers have, you know, they need, like, a player like Markel Fultz, who they thought he was. <laughs> Instead, they got Markel Fultz, you know, who's just – they're they're basically starting him just to build his confidence and then not yeah. playing him in the second half and then Reddick comes in and just goes off. They're obviously a better team with Reddick on the court because he's spreading oh, yeah. the floor and I mean Reddick is still getting those buckets. My God, I mean Man. the other night he had thirty something points. Reddick so is I think balling. He, what's that? Yeah, Reddick is balling. Yeah, right. So um, I definitely think the Sixers. Like, I don't think they're getting enough from. I think Wilson Chandler's been injured or. or um, you know, hasn't really been playing much. I, they, they definitely need a, a, an aggressive wing, I think, right? Like, they need to find an aggressive wing. Uh, or they need to work on the rotations and just start Redick and then bring Markel in when Simmons is on the bench. You're, you're, it's going to be hard-pressed to find, you know, an aggressive wing, shooting wing right now. And, and you mentioned Wilson Chandler. Like, what was the point of that? I mean, like, what, what do you think they were going to get with Wilson Chandler? You know, of uh, like seven point seven rebounds or seven point five rebounds. I mean, it's it's nothing that was going to move the needle. You have a young team, and you have cap. You have all this cap space. They didn't make an offer for anybody. I mean, I don't know what they did in the off season. They didn't package anybody. Like, make a package and and fire for the fences. Jimmy Butler is out there. Kawhi Leonard is out there. Let's make it happen. I think they're. You know they're waiting to see what's ha- what's going to happen with uh, the 2019 free agency. I think a lot of teams are going to have money then. Most of the league's going to have cap space. There's yeah. going to be a- some amazing free agents: Clay, Kawhi, KD, Kyrie, Kemba. Um, you know, there's there's just going to be a lot out there. So I think they're waiting for that. But I think the Sixers should should look at this. And uh, yeah, we're only three or four games into the season, right? So like you can't really overreact. But the the they're just not deep, right? Beyond Covington. And Redick at the two, you know, I don't know if there's a lot there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're absolutely right about that. We'll we'll have to see. I'm hoping, you know, I'd love I'd love to see them 
do really well, especially because Simmons is having a great start to the year, and so is Embiid. And it looks like they're going to be healthy. I know Simmons has a, a back thing, but he's going to play tonight. I would love to see them swing and, and make a trade. I just don't know what the trade would be. Actually, wait. I take that back. I do have a trade. Let's hear it. Kemba Walker. For? Who is who is uh, number two right now in scoring at 33 points per game. Kemba Walker for Dario and a first-round pick. Yeah, maybe. I mean, it's tough to give up to a big rookie asset like that yeah, like and then that. a first-round pick because um, – you know, you're giving up a rookie contract and a pick. You know, we see how well first-round picks do. Yeah, no, you're right about that. So, one thing I wanted to talk about since we, I mentioned Kemba Walker. You know, he's he's uh, this is his final year on the contract. Um, you would love to see him in New York, I think you've mentioned. I have a feeling that the Hornets are going to trade him before the season's over if he doesn't give them a solid, yes, I'm staying, Okay. If that happens, where would you like to see Kemba Walker go? I mean, I think Kemba's a free agent. I think any team that trades for him has to think, okay, like, there's two te- there are two types of teams. One, we're a Kemba Walker away from competing for the finals. Or two, mm-hmm. we're going to sign Kemba in the offseason. Let's just try to get him now so we can pay him more money than anyone else. And So who would be your category for one? For one, we're a Kemba away. I like your idea of the Sixers. Um, I think that's a good idea. I think the other team is the Spurs in the West. I think if you can somehow get oh. Kemba and keep DeRozan and Aldridge, you know, a deal around, wow. you know, Patty Mills, Pau pa- pa- Gasol that may, for the contracts to work. I really like that. <laughs> um, oh, Pau Gasol. Yeah, right. I think there's, you know, there's a lot of injuries that could happen. Another team I think that could fall yeah. into Category 2, though, where we want to sign him that I don't think a lot of teams are thinking about is the Phoenix Suns. They love going after big-name players, and they definitely want, um, you know, a point guard. And I think if you put Kemba with Booker, with Josh Jackson, um, with Bridges, DeAndre, DeAndre Ayton. Ayton, like you've got an attack there, you've got a playoff team, and that team's going to put up a ton of points. Yeah, they could definitely play exceptionally fast together. My only concern is can Booker and Walker share the rock? Right. I think I think a lot of people want to see Book just Booker at like the James Harden point guard role. Yeah. yeah. And because and, Walker is also very clutch and he could drop 38 on you without trying. Booker can drop 38 on you without trying. So that would be really exciting. I just don't think that – I don't know if, if Booker would even be yeah. happy. Uh, but I know the Suns are trying to make the playoffs. And they're another team where they're not signing any big-name free agents. They, they want to swing for the mm-hmm. fences. Um, so, you know, you, you mentioned Booker. You mentioned the eight and the Suns. I wanted to ask you, early, early rookie of the year picks. It might be Ice Trey. Who oh, Ice you haven't Trey? heard of Ice Trey. Well, Quavo was asked to give uh, a nickname to Trey Young. <laughs> And I think it, I think I wow. would stick in. Um, I'm, I'm loving Trey Young, just going for it. He's going to put up a ton of good stats on a terrible team. Um, he's got a shot at it. DeAndre Ayton does. Luka Doncic. I mean, we've got some really good rookies. No, you love Jaron Jackson Jr. Now he's getting more minutes since Jermichael. I'm glad you brought him up. 
I'd love to chat about Jaron Jackson. I kind of knew that was going to happen. Jaron Jackson, our early twins hype overreaction. Jaron Jackson Jr. I don't know if you know this, something that I predicted early on, that he is going to be in the rookie year conversation because we're talking about him. And he is now starting. Wow, yeah. What are your thoughts on that? I think it's great. I mean, you got to just try to get him some experience. Um, you know, the Grizzlies are in an interesting spot, right? They've got a healthy um, Pau Gasol, Mike Conley. Like, you know, after a couple Mount, of weeks, Marcus. we can try to see where they are. And, you know, they, they may try to try to go for the playoffs as well. Um, Jaron Jackson has the opportunity oh, to learn a lot from those guys. I would love to see the Grizzlies do a, one of those swing for the fence, fences trade. But they have so many young players that they do. They not also have a lot with, of but... terrible contracts that nobody wants, which they probably the worst contract now in the league ever since Joe Kim Noah got waived. They've got the Chandler Parsons contract, and I mean, I mean he's. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what he's doing this year, but um, you know that's a terrible contract for them. But the the Grizzlies are doing all right, and Jared Jackson definitely looks good. Okay, I'm going to give you some names, and you're going to tell me. You just let me know. Are they going to end the season with the team they're on right now? Okay, they're going to be quick fire. And if you if the answer is no, you have to tell me what team they're going to. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Ready? Terry Rozier. I don't think he ends the team year with the Celtics because I th- he's a free agent after this year, and I think the Celtics he's going to be out of their budget. He's probably going to try to get eighteen twenty million. They definitely can't afford it. I think some teams that could go for him are the Phoenix Suns. They definitely need a point guard. Um, and I think they could use huh. someone like Terry Rozier and they can pay him what he wants. So, if, you know, if they can't get their eyes, their hands on someone like Kemba Walker, look, look to them to try to get Terry Rozier. Yeah, I definitely think he's going to go west. There's no way the Celtics tra- – this is one of those guys that he can have an FU game and, or a revenge mm-hmm. game. And you don't want him going to the Raptors, the Celtics, or anything like that. So Celtics trade him out west. Put him in yeah, somewhere he could start. I also think another team Rozier could go to is the Orlando Magic. They've needed a point guard for a couple of years, and I think he fits perfectly with the Magic. They've got a good attack there with Gordon, Vucevic, um, Isaac, and Bamba. Um, you put Terry Rozier on that team, wow. I think the Orlando Magic could definitely hey. start to make some noise because they look good. And once they move on from Nikola Vucevic, who's got an expiring contract, um, I think that you know, that team is just primed for Isaac and Gordon to just, and Bamba to kind of just take over. And, man, it, the Magic really has something. I know I've really hated on the Magic in the past, but the Orlando Magic has something special. Adnan, I, I cannot believe that you said so many nice things about the Magic. I feel disgusting. I'm glad this dirty. Recorded. I, you know, when, when I post this, I was, I'm always thinking about what am I going to hashtag. And I think I'm just going to do every single Magic player and the Orlando Magic. I'll tag the mayor. I'll just, I'll just keep, keep going. Because I can't believe that you said so many nice things about the Magic, and I 100% agree with you. Their core going forward, especially with Aaron Gordon, I think he's going to be special. I've been a fan of, of Bamba. I, I wish that uh, Bo Bamba went earlier in the draft. He knocks down threes. He blocks shots. He does everything right. But, man, the Magic have a bright they, future. They beat the Celtics okay, at home in, in Boston. They beat the Celtics. That's not That's easy right. to do. That's right. They played really well. Next, Jimmy Butler. Uh, I think you definitely have you have to trade him. He, you're not going to get him back. It would even if I don't see any unless there's a top three seed at the All Star break, and then they think you know we got a chance to win the West, then you keep them. But really, I think it's going to come down to it would be stupid for us to keep a player 
who we know we can get at least a pick and a young player for um, past the trade deadline when he, he has told us he's not coming back. So I think he 100% gets traded. And where does he go? So uh, yeah, I think 100%. 100% gets traded. Um, uh, and where does he go? I think he's going to go. Um, so the Knicks and Nets have talked about not wanting to give up a, a pick. And I think there's going to be a lot of teams in the East that are, have convinced themselves that they're a Jimmy Butler away from surpassing the Sixers or Celtics, or I mean the Celtics or the Raptors. So I, I think a team like the Sixers, he could end up on. I would love to somehow see him get on the Milwaukee Bucks um, because I think if you, know, if you trade out Chris Middleton for Jimmy Butler, you lose a little bit of shooting, but you gain so much more. Um, but you know, I think that's where one of those two, th- two teams I think he'll end up with. Okay. Tobias Harris. He turned down a five-year, $80 million extension from the Clippers, or uh, uh, offer from the Clippers. He's going to be a free agent, and he's coveted. Tobias Harris is an interesting player. I can't really figure out if he's a good stats, bad team guy, or if he's just good. But I, you look at his career, he's put up good stats everywhere he's been. He just happened to always play on shitty teams. He played for the Magic. He played for the Pistons. And, you know, then he played for – now he's on the Clippers. Um, I think he's, like, a really good third option. Uh, he's definitely a good 3 and D guy, a good third option for winning teams. Um, I don't see them yeah. – I don't see them trading him because I think they can get him on a good contract. Uh, they'll have his bird rights. Um, and, you know, you can see who you can build around their next superstar. I think Tobias Harris can really team up with anyone in the league, right? So if they were able to sign KD, Jimmy Butler, Kyrie, Kemba, it doesn't matter. Tobias Harris can play with all of those guys. So I think, I think he stays with them and I think they try to re-sign him. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. Especially being in LA, he might say, I'll take a little bit less money or a decent contract and, and stay in LA. There's one more. Um, Kevin Love. Who else is there? Kevin Love's a free agent. No, no, no I'm saying uh, for, for oh, trades, like, I think you uh, and I think we'd yeah, like to see yeah, happen. Where do you think? What yeah. do you think happens with Kevin Love? I, I think he ends. He ends with the Cavs. I think he ends the season with the Cavs. I, I don't see him getting traded. I you know, they, you we know, talked he, about Kemba Walker a little bit and how he's just playing amazing. The the Hornets look pretty good. I think that's a team, if they're doing all right, they'll convince themselves they're a Kevin Love away from competing. Oh, man. I would love to see that, but that it just doesn't sound like a, a Hornets move, taking on more money. I mean, and who, I mean who you'd are you going to get rid of to trade for you'd Kevin Love? You'd have to get rid of Batum. Yeah, I think they'd be I mean, they, you'd have to get rid of Batum and a pick, right? And the Cavs, if they're thinking, hey, we need to rebuild, they're going to take that pick. They'll take Batum. And if they throw in a young player like Malik Monk or someone like that, because you got to understand, Kevin oh, yeah, Love's yeah. on a – four-year contract now right you have him locked in and yeah. his the dollar amount goes down every year as the cap spikes up to like 120 million in 2021 22 something like that so you've got a. it's actually not a bad it's not a ter- it's not a great deal it's just not terrible and um you know depending on how where you sign kemba if you have a team of kemba and love and you know you try to swing for one more guy um i think there's a chance at that so i i think that the hornets could maybe swing for kevin love um, or another team I think could do it is um, the Pacers. I think they could say, look, we, you know, maybe Miles or Sabonis, we got to trade one of them. I don't see them doing that, but there's a team that you know could go for it. 
Yeah, I think that uh, Miles is just too young. They just signed him to that, I think it's four four year, eighty million, something like that. And then with Sabonis, he's having an and he had an excellent year last year. He's off to a good start. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I guess that could happen. Uh, this, this reminds me. I mean, I'd love to see Kevin Love in Charlotte, by the way. But I looked at tickets for Lakers Hornets December fifteenth mm-hmm. in Charlotte, and I looked courtside. Or right behind the visitors' mm-hmm. bench. What do you think they were going for in Charlotte? A thousand bucks. You'd be wrong. They're going for two thousand dollars each. Each. Wow, our wives are going to be so pissed. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I already bought it. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, she's going to kill me. But uh, yeah. All right. Yeah. Who? I mean, uh, just, uh, I, my wife wants to go with me, so I told them. You know, we'll buy two tickets in the front, and then her and and Uvza can sit in level one. Somewhere. Yeah, I don't approve of this message at all. Uh, You're just saying that because we're on wax, uh, and I know that she listens to this podcast religiously. So. <laughs> uh, I, have a, I have a question for you before I let you go here. Who will okay. have a better record by the All Star break? Okay, the Lakers or the Thunder. They're both yeah, tough. Three. I feel like it's a good place to compare them. I'm gonna say the Lakers, and here's why: I, aside from Westbrook and Paul George, I don't know if they are gonna figure out how to use Dennis Dennis Schroeder properly. You know, I'm not. I don't have full confidence in in that coach. I'd love to see Dennis Schroeder um, and Russell Westbrook playing together, and Russell Westbrook doing a lot off ball. Uh, taking the you know taking the pressure off of him, but I just don't I just don't see that happening coaching wise and even Russell Westbrook letting that happen, and that's why I think that the Lakers are going to have a better record. I think they figure it out here. Josh Hart moves into the starting lineup. Lonzo Ball starts playing really well with Rajon Rondo and LeBron James, and uh, Javale McGee gets better. They probably find a big man. We know Joe Noah is out there. I really I really don't think that. Anybody wants him, but if anyone needs a big man, it's the Lakers. So I think they figure it out. What about you? I think it's the Lakers too, only because they're a deeper team. I mean, if you if you took out Westbrook and George, and put them on the Lakers and took out LeBron, I think like you'd have just such a solid team around them. Um, you know, they've got Kuzma, Hart. Um, you know, they've got Ingram, right? They've got Rondo, uh, even Beasley. I think if you know, the Thunder had half of those players, they would be super static, right? They just don't have the depth and the bench yeah. and the shooting that I think they need to be successful. Um, we're talking about the, the Lakers center real quick. You know, another player I think could get traded is uh, the Orlando Magic center, Vucevic. I, I know he's having a great year. He's on an expiring contract. The yeah. Magic don't plan to resign him. They drafted Bombo. They got Isaac. They've got Gordon. Like, they don't need him. And they're going to try to get something back. Yeah. If they can get, like, a top 10 protected first-round pick and you know, someone like KCP or some young player, uh, I think they'll trade him. And, you know, some a team like the Lakers could use him and try to make a playoff run with him. And it doesn't affect their 2019-2020 cap space because he's got he's a free agent after this year. So that's another player I think could be on the move. Yeah, yeah. I, I, that's, a good, that's a good call. I, I um, definitely didn't realize that. Uh, last thing, you, we know the Mavericks and the Hawks played tonight. Um, the Hawks won. They beat the Mavericks 111 to 104. And uh, Luca, his box score, 21 points, 
Uh, only two assists, but nine rebounds. Trey Young, and because they're always going to be connected, 17 points, five assists, four rebounds. Uh, one from three from three-point land, three from for 12 uh, for field mm-hmm. goals. And Luka Doncic was seven for 18 on field goal, two for nine from three-point land. So not particularly good games, but the Hawks pulled it out. Luka Doncic was minus 12. Um, Trey Young was minus six. So uh, not the best debuts against each other, but you know who went off? Who's that? Ken Baysmore. Bays, man. He, he has those games where he goes off. And I think Trey Young's going to have a lot of these games where he kind of shoots terrible field goal percentage. But, you know, I think that's to expected him being a rookie. Yeah, yeah. And I think that, uh, you know, off to an okay start, Ken Baysmore, but I think this will be a good wake-up game. I know last game he had, I think it was 23 points. Um, but the game before he had like three points or something like that. But this is going to be a good wake-up game for him. I, he has a lot of potential. I mean, he, he can score. He can score, especially on that team. Ten years from now, who's going to be a better player, Trey Young or Luca? Luca, I think Luca as well. I mean, this guy's so good. But I definitely think Trey Young is going to be pretty good as well if he can continue to work on his vision, finishing in the lane. They're both exciting players, and that's why this game was on national TV. They're just so much fun to watch. Adele, thanks so much again for your time. Thank you, everyone. Keep following us on on Twitter at at, at TwinsHoop. Um, keep a look out for some more content and podcasts from us. Keep the feedback coming. Uh, we're excited to keep this going. and so excited for the 2018-2019 NBA season. Can't wait to see uh, what's happening. And we'll, we will definitely keep you informed with the latest NBA news, analysis, and gossip. Thanks, Adele. Thanks, everyone.